personal greetings from 2,500 people. They are very thankful, number one, for the prayer of this church, the vision of this church, the support and the, uh, how you get behind the church here and in the offerings. We can't go unless uh, people are giving. We can't, we can't make those trips. And uh, I just want to thank you personally because uh, without the giving of this church, these things are not possible, but God uses it. Um, just for a few moments this morning, I was thinking about how Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, uh, talks about the enemy. And what the enemy would like us to think is that he doesn't exist at all. That's what you have. A lot of Christianity today doesn't really believe in an enemy. They think about the old sin nature of the world, but they forget who's the God of this world and who's the one that can penetrate the old sin nature. And I'm not here to give place to the enemy, but recognition, understanding that he's blinded people's minds, least they should believe the glorious gospel. He's given six names in Revelation chapter 12. He's given the name the great red dragon, the old serpent, the devil, Satan, accuser, and deceiver. The Bible gives him six names in that one portion of scripture. And I think that's, it's, it's really amazing And how many people today don't even think that such a, uh, an enemy exists. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even in Christianity, he's the enemy of marriages. He's the enemy of <clears throat> your calling and purpose. He's the enemy of the church. He's the enemy of giving. <clears throat> But I love this portion of scripture. Uh, and it talks about the church overcoming in Revelation chapters 2 and chapter 3. It says seven times, and they overcame, and they overcame. <clears throat> But this says, we overcome him by the blood. Amen? Finished work. The cross. Love the cross. And what the cross represents, the person of Christ and the eternal work that he did. They overcame him. How do we overcome? By the blood. Finished work of the lamb, the person of Christ. Number three, by the word. Number four, testimony, faith. And then they love not their own lives unto the death. And just the, the victory that we have, the amazing victory, this is how we overcome. We try to overcome some other way uh, with some other kind of plan, purpose, or program. It just doesn't work. But they overcame him. This is what the Bible says, and the Bible is true. By the blood, the finished work of the lamb, the person of Christ, by the word of their testimony, that's faith. And then they have received so much love from God that loving themselves is secondary. And this is the great victory that we have. And it's, it was amazing to see. We had 500 people in Liberia, uh, 800 people in Ghana, and 1,000 people in Togo. And it was, it was amazing. And how connected they are to the work of the ministry the video classes that they watch, the messages that they hear. They get the, the, every leader gets all the messages sent to them in some way or another. And just to, just to be in fellowship with them and seeing how our church, can you imagine that this, this church is a foundational stone and a ascending church for 802 churches? Did you hear me? You can take a look around and see what's here. I understand that. Nine uh, o'clock and 11, but 802 churches. That's really incredible. That's God, isn't it? Yes, that's, that's just God. And it's, and 
overcome. And do we want to keep going? To me, a thousand churches is just right around the corner. It's like right around the corner. Just go around the corner, and there's another 200 churches that is, are being added. And just to see how they preach the same doctrine, they have the same mind, the same purpose, the same gospel message, the same Bible college training, the same giving, and what they do. And it's, it's just something uh, extraordinary to behold. Anytime you want to come, see me. You are welcome. You're welcome to come and to travel. It's very simple, really. You get on an airplane a few miles from here, BWI, you go to sleep and you wake up in Africa. <laughs> it's so simple. So simple. Even get, they even give you some food, Whoa. which is... <laughs> it's acceptable. It's really acceptable. I had the great privilege of sitting next to a woman whose baby cried for seven hours. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. She kept looking at me. She says, are you okay? I said, I'm a pastor. She goes, what does that mean? She says, you can, you can bear the crying? I said, absolutely. I said, I cry unto God every day, 24 hours a day. So this baby crying is doing nothing. I mean, the, the, the blood vessels, you know, you know when a, a child just cries so much that it's like, <clears throat> I'm thinking this poor kid, you know, I'm praying for the kid. And I, I, had a, I had a good time with the person, you know, on the airplane. So, uh, as we give, is, is this the offering? This is the offering, okay. <laughs> this is the offering. Let's really, let's give. Let's really give. Not just here and now, but like, let's be people that are going to give throughout the year, week after week, uh, church service after church service, tithing, and then the offerings that go beyond that. It's, a, it's amazing. I, I, I said to my wife, we're going to honor God in our giving by tithing and then giving offerings, and then by just believing God, we, supporting missionaries. Personally, we are supporting missionaries uh, on, on our own. And, and I've never had a money problem. Number one, I don't pray about money, I don't think about money, and I could care less. That's up to God, isn't it? All I have to do is believe. Simply believe today. And let's, let's just see God do an amazing uh, work through the offering, through the giving. Because it's because of that. You can't get on an airplane for and say like, oh, you know, I'm here, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, I'm getting on the airplane, I don't need to buy a ticket. <clears throat> no, let's turn you right around and say, out, get out, you're not even going through. It, it, it takes finances to do that, and uh, more and more. It takes finances to support people around the world. It takes financial help. It takes your giving to make a difference. You make a difference. By the way, you make a difference in Pakistan. We have 78 Bible college students in the country of Pakistan, in five Bible colleges. You make a difference. They're penetrating into Afghanistan. They're doing it. But you're, you're supporting them, and they're doing it. So what a great privilege we have to get behind the work of God. Be in the work of God. Get behind the work of God. Give to the work of God. Love the work of God and believe for amazing fruit in the work of God. Father, thank you today. <clears throat> Bless our day. Bless our offering. Thank you that you've given us victory. They overcame it. Say, we overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their own lives unto the death. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have a good time this morning. Amen. We have had so far, and that music 
it helped us. Okay, so how about uh, love? We're going to speak about love this morning. Love, wow. What? Yeah, amen. Hey, Jesus loves us. He saved us. Huh? He loves us. Praise the Lord. Yes, what is that love that God loves you with? It's unconditional love. Where where did it where did it come from? Okay, in God, in his mind, he loved us. He we could say we because we're human beings, we kind of understand life a certain way. But he decided in himself to love us, even before we were born. Even before. And loving us and never failing us with that love. And saving us by Christ. And that Christ died before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, he was crucified before the foundation of the world, Revelation 13. So it means that um, when we live in time like we do, we kind of don't understand the real nature of God. But God transcends time. All, all that God knows, he knows everything from the beginning, if you call it the beginning. And uh, nothing new to him so that your life is not new to him and that he loves you regardless of who you are because he he did something in heaven regarding you in his mind he said you are righteous but in our minds we aren't but in his mind we are now think about that that's amazing now I got to I got to get up out of my chair and go over there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, another thing, another thing we're going to speak about this morning. I could ask them on the in the AV to put up on the screen what love is from First Corinthians thirteen. What love is. Right, these are big words. I mean, every one of them is a message. Rejoices with the truth. Patient and kind. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Never ends. Well, think about that. Uh, Does love fail? No, it doesn't fail. Never fails. In the mind and heart of God. This is God. In him is light and no darkness at all. Does God have any trick up his sleeve, any kind of like reverse play, anything not clear? No, that's clear. That's what love is. Isn't that amazing? When our life is based on that love. And then what love is not. Okay, let's put that slide up there. Love is not, let's see, where is it? Does not envy. Mm. Is not arrogant or rude. 
does not insist on its own way, is not irritable or resentful. Okay, turn to your neighbor, especially the women, turn to your husband, and just say to, say to him, he, love is not irritable or resentful. <laughs> okay, so does not rejoice at wrongdoing. This is a big subject, isn't it? Love and what is in our heart and what, how we think. Because notice, all these words are not like rooted in our ups and down feelings. They're rooted in our mind, in our heart, in our, in our mind, what we are thinking in our mind. They're good, great words. By the way, our high school had a play here yesterday, and um, wow, these young girls, they exploded with gifts and talents and even British accents and, and clarity of speech, and uh, wow, Dan Dunbar wrote the play. It was amazing. It was. It was so good. Love. What does love say about that play? What does love think about the play? What does love think about teenagers? What does love think about a crying baby on the airplane? Oh, don't worry about it. It's okay. You know, I cry to God all day long. So Pastor Chabelli said. I mean, we have our limits. Hey, I got to tell you one short thing. My, my, uh, I went to bed the other day, and um, I mean, the other night, I went to the bedroom. My wife was in bed, and the room was totally dark. Like, that's unusual. Usually there's a little moonlight or there's some light, you know, but it was totally dark. And I got disorientated in the dark room, but I was very tired. So I went and flopped on the bed. You know, I was disorientated, though, but I, I thought I knew where the bed was. <laughs> so I go over to it, and then I just, I just, just drop on the floor. <laughs> Didn't hit any part of the bed, just flat on the floor. Wow, it was like I, when I was halfway down and I knew the bed wasn't there, I, I yelled to go, Wah! So what does love do? Blames your wife. Blames your wife. No, I didn't blame my wife. I didn't say, did you move the bed? She said, what are you doing? I go, man, I'm glad I didn't hit my head on this table at the, at the bedside. So I got up and went to bed. Okay, so... Uh, blaming, you know, I did, the blessing was I took full responsibility. You know, how did that happen? I did it, yeah. Like, you know, so that, that's the story. So I would like you to stand up, turn to your neighbor for a minute, tell a story about love with your neighbor. Go ahead. Okay, you may be seated. <clears throat> Our text, we're going to move around a little bit. Our text is Galatians 5, 
Pastor Steve, could I get that manila folder there? Galatians chapter 5. Being in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. Thank you. And in the flesh, the, what it is in the flesh, and, and how this is as born-again believers with the Spirit of God in us. The Spirit of God is love, and love has a certain mind about, about life. Actually, we could say if we drew a picture of ourselves here, we have God and we have others. You really have three relationships here that, that we can make note of, and it is, what, what do you think of God, and what does God think of you, and then, then what do you think of yourself, and then how do you relate to people, and how do they relate to you? Actually, there's more than three, but just for a simple Simple reference. We, by the way, we we don't have a long message, but something for you to be provoked to think about as we think about this subject of love. God loves me first. That's the beginning. God loves you. God loves you from eternity, from everlasting to everlasting. In Psalm ninety, verse one, many verses on. Love The Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. Psalm 4, verse 3. I, I enjoyed Psalm 89 the other morning in, my, in our devotional. My loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Psalm 89, 33. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He is the shepherd that takes care of us and loves us. O you seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, he has chosen. Psalm 103, verse 4, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I would love to be saturated with knowing God's love for me and for you. This is why we assemble, to get a piece of that or a sense of it or understand it and relate to who God is, that he loves us. Does he love you when you fail? Does he love you when you're stuck? Does he love you when you sin? He does. We don't want to sin. We'll talk cover that in a minute, but his love cannot change. He loves us with an everlasting love. Uh, this has an effect on our heart. So we put here our heart, and, and now the heart affects the mind. So we could say here we have my mind, and they go together, my mind and my heart. And they do that because in our Bible psychology, hope it isn't too confusing here, let me make it different here. My mind and my heart and spirit. When we say spirit in this sense, it's the Holy Spirit. 
So this is the power, the reality, the person, the reality of God in your life. The Holy Spirit and our heart. They had to be new, by the way. When you were born again, they had to be new. God could not take the old one. He could not use the old one. The old one had to be judged. It's as if when Christ was crucified and everything, the part of his body pierced, his heart was pierced, his mind, his brain or skull, the crown of thorns pierced, hands pierced, feet pierced. It's a message to us regarding judgment that we needed to be dealt with. God had to judge us. So he dealt with our hearts and judged it. And then he gave us a new one. And I think you know the verse. Let's put it up on the screen. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six. Okay. A new heart will I give you. See? A new one. A new spirit. What is the part that about your life today that isn't new but it is renewed? What is renewed? What is new and what is renewed, right? Uh, renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12, 2. We are renewed in the spirit of our mind. Our mind is renewed. You notice that in your life, how your mind can go bad and you are jealous or envious what love is not or resentful, or, Lisa, did you move the bed? I'm on the floor. Lisa, what? But the good news was that didn't come out of my, out of my mouth, because it really wasn't in my heart. I just, she does, she, that didn't happen. She, I just made a miscalculations, miscalculations. So, all right. They renewed mind what how what does it mean it means that these relationships are under the influence of love and what love what love is now i'll just make a couple points here love under the relationships that are based in love wow is it could that be man that's amazing Relationship number one, based on love. What is this? This is First John chapter 4. A lot of the chapter, really verse 8 through to the end of the chapter. It's love. God is love. God loved us first. We have confidence in the day of judgment because we are loved. Because God, God's love it's he is this way he loves us. nobody could love us more now, he cannot love us less because he cannot change malachi 36 he cannot his nature cannot change 
And in his wisdom, he has chosen you. He has accepted you in the beloved. You've been accepted in Christ. In his mind, this is the mind of love. He set his love upon you. And, and that's a sure thing. Like Israel, when he says, I have set my love upon you and I chose you not because you were a great people, but you were the smallest of all people in Deuteronomy. So I have a question for you, Bible folks. How small was Israel when he called them? The smallest, but how many in number? One, Abraham. He called Abraham, but then Abraham had a family. But where was the family? It wasn't there until, what, he was 100 years old. Then he had one son. Then he had, he had um, twins, remember? Jacob and Esau. And then when they went to, down into Egypt, how big was the nation of Israel? Seventy people. A tribe of people, a separate race of people, a tribe of people of 70 people. And he said, and who today, how many millions are there? How many millions of Jews? How many promises? How faithful is God? Why do people have an Israeli passport? I, I've, never, I've never seen a Babylonian passport. Or, or a Hittite passport, what happened to those people? They are gone. They don't have. God called Israel, and he's been faithful to Israel, and he loves Israel. So we have first relationship here is God, and the second one is, this is where I really want to sit, stay for a minute. The second relationship is the one with yourself. With you, who? How do you relate to yourself? How do you understand yourself? I got one short story, First Kings, chapter twenty. In a, I read this story many times, and I always wondered about it. But I think I have an application today. First Kings twenty. Verse 35. A certain man of the sons of the prophets said unto his neighbor, In the word of the Lord, smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. So there's a prophet. Usually when you have that, that means he's a man of God. He's a prophet. He's a man of God. And he says to another man, smite me, hit me, strike me. Strike me on the face. Punch me. Get me in the face. How unusual that is. Like, hey, you, I'm a man of God. Hey, you, smite me. Go ahead, punch me. Hit me. Hit me hard. Hit me however you want. Hit me. Go ahead. The man refused. Verse 20, I mean 36. Then said he unto him, because you know where are we? The man refused to smite him, verse 35. The man refused to smite him. Then said he unto him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, behold, as soon as thou art departed from me, a lion shall slay you. And as as soon as he was departed from him, a lion 
found him and slew him. So you have me, you have yourself, and then there's a man here. And in the part that I want you to think, he said, smite me. Now, here's, a, here's my point. Can you think like that? Is it normal to say to somebody, smite me? But, but do, you, do, you, do you actually want somebody to smite you? I do, if it's Jesus. I want Jesus to smite me. Do you ever, you want things always to be comfortable in your way? Or are you able to say, you know, go ahead, you can hit me. I want the truth. I just let the truth smite me. I want God in my life. Go ahead, smite me. God, smite me. I say to the pastor, let it go. Go ahead, tell straight up what's going on. What's happening in the world? What's happening in my heart? What's happening in my life? Look at, look at the picture. Do you know that in your heart is where a lot of your problems are? That's where we live. That's where we get messed up. That's where we sin. It's in our hearts. It's, and, and I want, I'm, I'm so happy for you guys because in a way, you're not the ones that need to hear the message. <laughs> Actually, we all need to hear it. But you're here. Because you do have a sense in your life that I need Jesus in my life. And if Jesus said, I came not to bring peace but a sword, then let's take the sword. Because it'll do us good. It'll be better for me to have somebody in my life that's talking to me straight out of love than for me to be uh, uh, living in my own, uh, um, my own imagination and feelings and ups and downs and those kind of things. So because the man didn't do his duty, I kind of think of it this way, the man is a softy. A lion takes him out. And I don't mean that we should be on each other's cases, but I do mean that there is a time when I welcome somebody to tell me the truth, if not all the time, and help me live my life the right way. Well, who is the one that does this? Let's go look at it this way. We have the sword of the Spirit in Hebrews 4.12 that will cut and speak to our hearts and tell us the truth. We have the Holy Spirit that is the one that we will, will convict us and teach us. So let's go now to Galatians 5. And read the text there. There's a Psalm 141, I believe it says, Let the righteous smite me. When Jesus was on the earth, you saw him minister to people and um, what that meant to them. 
So we have here, I think I'd better stop right now for a minute. You want to, you got that? Was that, that was pretty strong, wasn't it? Shredded. We've been like, to say that. Yeah. Are you recovering? Oop. You, you are? It's healthy. Huh? It's healthy, isn't it? But, yeah, it's beautiful. Love cares about us. Love wants us to be, wants us to grow. Love wants the best for us. Now, here's a, this love is the Holy Spirit, and we see here in the text what this is. So let's read it. Galatians 5, verse 16. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and uh, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this is a whole context, whole text of Scripture regarding our new life, walking in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, Sometimes we are filled with the Spirit, but not always. Sometimes we are living in our flesh. Are we saved? Yes, we are saved. We are secure in our salvation. We have God as our Father, and He is caring for us. And he wants us to walk in the, in the Spirit and walk in love. Okay, but because our hearts, we have a capacity in our heart to just live by our heart. So let's put that here for a minute. We have Proverbs uh, twenty-eight, twenty-six. Let's put that up on the screen. Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-six. That trusts in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Now, what does it mean? Walk in my own. He that trusts. Keep that up there for me. Thank you for that. He that trusts in his own heart. All right. Here's my neighbor. I'm my neighbor, and I just... For some reason, in my heart, I just start not to like him. I don't like him so much. It's in my heart. Where'd that come from? That's my sin nature. My sin nature doesn't love. It'll only love with human loves. That's another message. But I don't love. In bottom line, uh, people are not loving as God loves. They don't have agape love. They have human love, storgeo love, phileo love, and erotic love, eros love, but they don't have God's love. But you and I are to walk in the Spirit, and the result is love. But in our heart, we the heart, the sin of the heart blinds my mind, so I don't like him for some reason or not even a reason, just a feeling, and then my mind is uh, affected by my sin. 
my sin. I don't like my neighbor so much, so my mind is affected by that. So then I start to convince myself that it's okay that I don't love him. It doesn't matter. He's not that important in my life. Oh, oh. Okay. Now he does something. He starts his car up in the morning sometime like that I don't like. A small thing. But he starts his car up. And now I'm building my, my whole story based on my sin, the root in my heart I don't love. And then when, when he, comes out the, he comes out the door and I, I see him, he never looks over in my direction. That's adding another. I really don't. Now I don't really like him at all. And then when he takes the garbage out to the, to the street, like he's dragging the garbage can and he's making this noise that bugs me. And now I don't like him. I mean, I, I don't like my neighbor. Like, what? Yeah, I don't like my neighbor. But you can put in there many different words. My wife. My husband. My child, my boss, somebody from another country, a foreigner, somebody from a different religion, different lifestyle, like a homosexual, or um, transgender this or that, or a race of people, or whatever it is. I can build my whole storyline and convince my mind that I, I don't, that, that God understands this. God understands me. God would agree with me. God is in heaven said, what, tell me, what about the garbage can again? I didn't get that part. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look at me when he came out. You know, he was occupied with something else. I, are you kidding? Yeah, the, this is what we do. This is called sin. It's called our flesh. It's why marriages fall apart. It's why kids don't come home for Thanksgiving. It's why um, a school has trouble in administration. Why, it's why a church, they can't build a team because it's flesh. It's why churches can maybe get in conflicts with each other and be angry with each other. It's called the flesh. It's why um, missionaries cannot go and have a good time. It's the flesh. It's why riding in a car, there's such negative talking and criticism about people and gossip. It's called the flesh. Wow, man, I could be there for another hour. Wow, that's amazing. The flesh, it is. You're building your case, and by the end... Within a short time, not only did you start to hate the person, now you really hate them, and you're more convinced than ever that you have every right to hate them. But you know, you need, you need to be smitten. You need, a, the, the man of God says, smite me. And the, 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 the person, like representing a brother or a sister or a pastor, he didn't smite him. 
You didn't do your duty. You did not smite me. You did not deal with me. You did not counsel me. You did not talk to me. You did not help me. And so a lion is going to take you out. Because you, you and I have to live in truth, not sentimentality. We have to live in something deeper, and that's the reality of God and his love. Wow, isn't that good? It is. It's amazing. Praise the Lord. Well, we're running out of time. So we'll, we'll do more. This is on my heart because I, I have some stories to tell about how this works. And I really believe that I could reverse it. I could reverse it. I know I could. And, you, and love does. Um, if you go to Galatians 5, just for our reading here, for the flesh lusts, verse 17, Galatians 5, 17, flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. By the way, when you are spirit-filled, you are spirit-filled, and it's not the flesh. You are spirit-filled. When you are not spirit-filled, we are living in the flesh, then it is the flesh. It's not a mix it's one or the other. It's one heart or it's the other heart. It's one mind, the mind that's from our new heart. Because the new heart, I hope you don't, you're not confused here, but you have the potential to live in both heart, in either heart, the one with the hole in it. You know, like you, you have the potential to live in the flesh. And I say this is the one with the hole in it is in our Bible psychology class, we teach it like that. And then we have the flesh and we have the new heart or the spirit. And um, that affects the mind. Now here it goes. My neighbor. He's been having troubles lately. My neighbor. I know, I know him a little bit. And I love him. I care about him. But I, I don't have to talk about it. I just want to think the right way about my neighbor. Do I love him in my heart? Do I care about him? He's made in the image of God. That man's made in the image of God. That guy has potential. That person has value. They have a mother and a father. Maybe their mother is praying for them. Or their grandparents are praying for them. For my neighbor, I, I care about his future. I care about him. Look at how he is. He works very hard. He takes the garbage can out there, and uh, I hear it whenever he goes. And, and, I mean, I know he's a hardworking guy. I wonder if he has any friends. I hope so. I hope he has, I hope he has somebody to help him in his life, because life is tough, and he needs love. He needs to know that God loves him. He has a future. And isn't it kind of cute how, his, his, how loud his car sounds without like a muffler on it early in the morning? You know, why? Well, I wonder what that's all about. You, what am I doing? I am not thinking evil. I'm not thinking evil. Love does not think evil. Love is not building, twisting my mind so I'm making up a story 
about my neighbor when I don't even know what I'm talking about, but instead, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm filling in the narrative with love. And I'm saying he's born. He's in the image of God. I wonder what his background is. He probably needs some help in life. I'm going to pray for him. Maybe I'll have an opportunity to say something or hang out with him or take a coffee. Or maybe I'll get him a Dunkin' Donut coffee and bring it over to the door. And just if he's not home, I'll just leave it there with a note on it. And it'll be ice cold when he gets home. <laughs> I mean, what does, how does love think? And where is that thinking coming from? It's coming from your new heart. Well, how does that operate? From the Holy Spirit. And this is what, well, I'm going to finish here, but this is so good, isn't it? Maybe tonight I get to say, I want to point out something to you about the flesh here. In verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Now, what about that list? If you look at that list, we'll just make a, just a word here, list. All of those are kind of like just independent lusts and sins, you know. That's all the kind of, if you put them together in a way, they don't make much sense for having a good life. They don't make sense for having a blessed life. They, they are just passions and appetites and reactions. They're reactions like revenge and strife. It's like reaction. And then the sexual sins are just impulses and a good time, party time, and then it's over. There's no real coherence except the fact they come from our fallen nature. And that's what people live in. They live in those things. But now look at the other list of the Spirit. They are coherent. They are cohesive. Look at chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace. That's a, a trinity, like three pieces like this, and they all relate to each other. Like love, joy, peace. They go together. How come you have peace? Because I have love. Why do you have joy? I have peace. Why do you have why do you have joy? I have love. Where God is, there is there there's like a, a harmony between the fruits of the spirit. The works of the flesh are kind of like independent, like incohesive, meaningless expressions of hatred of the flesh, leaving me to myself. But when you live in the Spirit, your world goes together. Now you are patient, then you are kind, you are long-suffering. You can endure it because love is like that. Look at the list again. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So that's, that's our message this morning.
And um, let's pray. Lord, you can smite us if you want and send somebody to correct me. You can tell me, please, I'm wrong. And tell, help me be fruitful and bear fruit in this life, I pray. In Jesus' name. And then anyone listening, you haven't come to Jesus yet, come. And he will fill you with the Spirit. Come, he will say, I love you. Come, he loves you. He died for you. You might say, I I don't know that I'm elected. Well, don't bother about that. Just make the decision he's asking you to make, to come to him and trust him. Come as you are and put your trust in him. You are saved by his grace. He has chosen you. He's called you. He is for you. And then walk in the Spirit immediately, the day you become a believer. Immediately walk in the Spirit. Walk by faith in him. Yes, by his grace. In Jesus' name, amen.